I've been concentrating probably more this year um, on the Old Testament that we're reading through. And last year we went through the New Testament and, and we're still doing the same this year. But it's been amazing. We're at the end of um, Deuteronomy. We're after reading five books from Moses, the Pentateuch. And, uh, and I wasn't on Friday because we were at an elders meeting in the morning and, uh, and it was like the last chapter. And I'm like, man, I go mad on not going to Moses' funeral because we're after walking all the way with him up to this chapter. And now like, I didn't get to, to uh, the group that, that we're in in the mornings just, just um, going through the scriptures together. But, uh, but it's been amazing. Some of the people that are only new to the Lord was like, I don't believe Moses dies at the end of all of this. You know, as if he was still alive today type of thing. In fact, in the New Testament, he told us he is still alive. Because he's up on the mountain with Elijah and Jesus, you know. And uh, I was saying to Anna Hoyland, who was speaking from that this morning in our district, I was saying, Anna, I would have gone for Moses experienced a resurrection. How do we know? Because he was up on the mountain with Jesus. No wonder the devil was fighting over his body with Michael. That's what it says in Jude and there. But we're not going there today. We're going to stick in chapter 26 of Deuteronomy. And Mal will put up that first slide and this is this is where i want to take our message from today and the lord has declared this day that you are his people his treasured possession as he promised and that you will keep all his commandments the lord declared over them and over us that we are his treasured people that you and I are treasured by God. If you look at the things of this world, which are all in that picture, pearls and gold and diamonds and all the things that the world holds valuable, they put them into safe places, they put them with guards around them, they protect them, they, they, they put a lot of money on them. Why? Because they are highly valued. It's amazing when you look at some of these things um, in, in, of what the world highly values in regards to precious metals. God uses um, up in heaven gold is a term academy for the streets and what we hold precious down here God is like I make walls I put them them pearls in walls and diamonds in walls and all types of things and but he says why why is that all like that in the scriptures because he wants to reflect that it's people that are his treasures there's people that is his is treasured treasured people and he protects his treasure and he looks over his treasure and, and, he, and he does things with his treasure to show his treasure off to the world. He transforms us into the image of Jesus so that we can reflect who he is through our, our lives. Like if you take, for instance, um, you take a pearl. And, uh, you know, a pearl, you know how a pearl is started? A pearl is started with, um, like in the, in the oyster or it might be a piece of a particle of food that gets into the shell. And uh, or a piece of sand maybe, and the mollusk like um, he, he lets this secretion out. That's the same substance that's on the shell that he's in, and uh, and and it covers whatever that irritant was because it, it becomes an irritant to them, and um, and he covers it, and then he covers it again and again and again, and then we find pearls and we put a great value on these pearls. Same with gold, isn't it? Gold is formed in the earth through heat and pressure. And then we take it and then we melt it down and then we add some chemicals to it and we take out all the impurities of the gold. Why? So it can be pure, purified by fire. Does that ring a bell? And then diamonds. Diamonds are, 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 are in the earth, form like a lump of coal that, that, that forms into a diamond. A diamond is a lump of coal that has survived the pressure. 
the, the, the treasure has experienced pressure and it forms and then there's an eruption in the earth like internal volcanic type of eruptions that pushes the diamonds up and then people mine them and then we get them mine them and we get them as treasures it's 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 pressure that produces all of these things and you know what i love about the old testament i love you know so in the new testament paul or james or um not Jesus, maybe not, but certainly the epistle writers would say a sentence where you look through Jesus in the gospel and you look through the Old Testament and God shows you how he works that into being. How he works all things for the good. When pressure of life comes, when disaster comes, that God can even say, I can use that eruption in your life. I didn't want the fire, child. I didn't cause it for you. But I can use that eruption in your life to bring something precious out of that moment or that season in your life. And in the next scripture, one of these scriptures in, in, in um, the Gospels, Jesus says this. You know that scripture? He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of, the, of great value, he went and sold everything he had and bought it. And you know, I preached this some time ago. And, and, and Jesus, Jesus is the great pearl. The pearl of great price. And, and you know, I remember I came to the Lord 20, well, the 22nd of March, 1989, a Tuesday evening in the National Stadium, about 9.40 in that evening. I heard Reinhard Bonnke, an evangelist, preach, and I surrendered my heart to Jesus. And I came out of that place, and I didn't know I wasn't in church before that. I never heard a Christian song before that. Or I never heard the gospel before that. And nothing, like, and I was 22 years of age, but I felt like I was an old man. I had all those volcanic eruptions in my life that was, that was breaking me down. I thought as a human, as a person, as a young man, and, and um, I'm walking out of that stadium, I have to give my heart to Jesus, heard the gospel in its purity for the very first time, and I said to my wife, Sharon, who wasn't my wife at the time, my girlfriend at the time, walking out, and I said, Sharon, we need to tell everybody about this. And she says, about what? I says, I don't know, but about this. I didn't know what happened really, but I knew this, that I had found the pearl of great price. And I said, I was saying to her, I have words to put on the nail, but I was saying, Sharon, we can't keep all the treasure to ourselves when there's other people starving and hungry and broken and we know where the riches are. We were told about them, so we received them tonight. And we spent our last 32 years trying to tell others that there's a pearl of great price. His name is Jesus. I remember the next day, came, that was Tuesday evening, Wednesday, I'm walking down the road with my friend. And we're walking. He says, no, what happened in that place last night? Stadium, about 2,000 people. I said, you wouldn't believe. I said, a woman got up out of a wheelchair and walked, which she did. And, uh, and a little boy that was deaf heard. And he says, I don't believe that. And I says, well, I do. And her lives went different ways. I went after the pearl of great price. And he went after what this world had to offer. I found him. But here's the beauty of this. Kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and gave, sold everything he had to buy it. Here's the re another reality of the same scripture. You're the pearl of great price. You're the one that Jesus gave everything up for. He gave glory up in heaven to come to earth. Everything he had to die on the cross to purchase you and me. 
with his own blood, Revelation says. He purchased us us for the Father, redeemed us for the Father by paying the greatest price of all, his life on the cross, has taken up the sins of the world upon himself. I hope that makes you feel valued this morning. It doesn't matter what this world says about us. It doesn't matter what people have said about you. It doesn't matter what circumstances has come against you. Listen this morning. He says he gave up everything because you are worth it. You were worth it. In all of our brokenness, he's seen the treasure that was within us. Listen to what Isaiah says. It's going to come up to here. Mal's great at this stuff. I'll give you hidden treasures stored in secret places so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. Treasures out of darkness. That's what we were. We were broken in darkness. And he says, I see treasure. You know, there's a skip outside there because there's work getting done in this place. Do you know, can you imagine that in there somewhere, there was a lump of treasure that this world puts value on. We'd be all clamoring probably out the door now, trying to find it. Get out of the way. He says, I see it in the darkest secret places of your life. Like you are my treasure. I'm going to go to a cross. And I'm going to put my hands out, my feet out, and my brow out. I'm going to have this pierced side just tell you and let you know I love you. Do you remember the old, um, remember the old, uh, what would you call them? Yuma Video, Mags, Mags would have been an expert in these things. Do you remember the ones like, the, the, like how much do you love me? Do you love me with flowers or all of it, you know, and Jesus puts his hands out, the guy that's playing, oh, I love you this much. This is how valuable you are to me. I gave my life as a ransom for your life. Even when you are in darkness, you know, there's a famous um, famous uh, diamond that had been found in South Africa, I think it was. And it's called, this is a here, it's called the Cullinan um, diamond. It was, it was in the earth, hidden. Eruptions in the earth pushes it up so that people can find it when they're mining. It was, uh, it was, it was lumpy, as you can see. You're not putting that in a diamond ring. I think it's 3,121 carats in it. And a big, big lot of money. Worth a lot of money to this world. And there it was in the earth. And when they found it, like it was a lump of a thing. You're not going to make, you know, you're not going to put that in a crown or on a ring. But when was it a diamond? Was it when it was found? Or was it when it was in the darkness? When was it worth money? When it was only found by this world? Or was it always, had it always got a value even when it was in the darkest places? When were you God's treasure? Was it because when you cleaned up your act? When, was it when you just got your sins forgiven? No, it was when you were in the darkest places, it says in Isaiah. When you were in the deepest of your sin and of your brokenness, of your shame and guilt and doubts and fears. That's when he looked in and he goes, that's my treasure. And he dug down for us, didn't he? He found us in that place when we cried out to him. Somehow he put it in our heart. God, if you're real, God, if you're there, you help me. It's funny, I used to work in the bookies and I used to gamble all my money away. And coming home from the bookies, there was a, a statue of Jesus. Because we're good with statues in this place. We don't want the reality, but we want the statues. And uh, there was a statue of Jesus, then a statue of Mary. And um, I'd put my money on the bookies and I'd come home on my lunch break. After putting all my money on, I'd go to Jesus. Jesus, will you get them horses to win for me? And then I'd get to the statue of Mary and I'd go, will you ask him? Real Irish, you know what I mean? If the dad won't do it, you ask the man to get the dad to do it. Isn't that the Irish? 
And yet, even in those moments, he knew me. There was a storm here in Ireland. I think it was about 84. It was, I, I thought it was the end of the world. I wasn't a Christian. I was sitting up on my bed in the second, third floor apartment in a place called Dolphins Barn in the inner city. And I was like, this is it. This is it. The world is going to end. Paranoid the bits from smoking weed. Just like, this is it. The world's going to end. I never got to do anything with my life. I never got... Patrice, who was, who was here a few minutes ago, like, I'm never going to get to raise this little girl. All them. This is the end of the world. And I fell asleep and woke up the next morning. Do you know what the scary thing about it was? I knew to call on Jesus about the bookies, but didn't I have to call upon him when I... Honestly, where all my heart believed I was never going to see another day. I thought the world was ending. And in all of that, in all of that darkness, in all of that unhealthy looking, the way I looked at myself, he knew I was worth something. He knew I was like a lump of old coal that done well under pressure. And you know what they've done with this Next slide will show us. They cut this down, right? And he made these diamonds out of it. It wasn't just a lump anymore. But when the lump of, of diamond was in the master's hands that knew how to chip at it, shape it, cut it, if it was just left, it wouldn't be the gleam that you see on them now because every cut, every, every hit of the little hammer, every, every slice that was done on it causes another prism to be released and another shine to happen and another glow to come out of it and another sparkle to happen out of the thing. One of them is in Queen Elizabeth's um, uh, crown and, uh, and it wouldn't have been used the way it was used and this is what God does. Listen to what he says here. He says, he makes everything beautiful in his time. So if you feel like a lump of coal that got looking under pressure or you're feeling the pressure of, of God upon that coal, it's because he's shaping you into something, into someone that will reflect Jesus in this world. That every time something happens that he turns for good, you'll see something of God coming out. Maybe you know God's mercy because of a disaster. And we know disasters in this church. We've known situations that we don't agree with in heaven. We've known things that we've lost. And people we've lost. And yet God can even use that. How horrible and hard and tough it does be. That the Lord says, I promise you, child, I'll turn that for good in his glory. I'll show you will know the compassion of God like no one else will know because of what you've experienced. You'll know the fight of God in your life because you know he's fought for you in a situation, for your mental health, for your heart. You'll know and then you will shine that out of your life for somebody else. My brother died a couple of years ago. Found dead on the road. He's my third brother that died because of drugs. Walking across the road, just his whole system gave out. And I traveled that road that very morning going to church. I traveled that road three times. Dropping Erica down to do my youngest daughter down to practice on the way home to get ready. And then back in and back up. I guess a phone call. No, Mark is found dead. My youngest brother, I have one youngest brother. Mark's been found dead on James' Street. And I was preaching that morning. And Sharon comes up the stairs and says, no, you can't preach this morning. 
preach, or if there's ever a morning when I have to preach, it's today. The title of my message was, Who Will You Bring It to Heaven With You? And I was taken from my youngest daughter. She was working in a, in a, in a, in a situation in, a, in town helping homeless people. This young man, Daniel, gave his life to the Lord. And Erica met him the next week in, in the Loy House. That's where it was, if anyone knows it. And Daniel says, he's, Daniel's friend came in. He said, Erica, my goal in life is to make sure he gets to heaven with me. She told me this story and, and it just sprung something in me. And then within that week, within that day of delivering that message, God, my brother was gone. And then um, I get down, I said to Sharon, don't, we, don't, we won't tell anybody. We get through one worship song and I'll get up and deliver the message and then I'll head up to the morgue because that's where my family were in James's hospital. I said, I'll head up to the morgue. And, um, so anyway, I get seen. We do the, I told the, worships, the worship leader, look at one song, I'll get up. He didn't know what was going on. And uh, when I was in worship, I realized that in worship was the safest place I could have been that moment. I wasn't trying to be a leader of my family, with my family. I wasn't trying to make sense of that. It was just like, God, you're God and I'm here and I feel broken and don't know what's had to happen and all this stuff. And I, We get through that and I get up and uh, nobody knew what happened, right? But as I was preaching, I didn't tell anybody that and I thought I was holding it all together to deliver the message. But um, as I was preaching, everybody was crying in the place. Every, there wasn't, this, there wasn't some, and I don't mean the tears, there was people shaking, right? And I was like, I was like, look, did anyone tell me what's going on or whatever? Preached the message, did it, got into the car, on the way up to the, up to the, up to the morgue. I, won't, I don't know whether it was the devil himself or a demon said to me, I have your brother. And I'm driving up, now I'm like, now I'm trying to keep it together for my family. Got us through the, the, the arranging of the funeral, got through the funeral. Every night, I was tormented. Where's my brother Mark? I don't remember ever connecting him with God in, through my life. I don't remember him ever coming to church. I remember when I got married, he says to my brother, Matthew, he says, I don't know what happened in that place at the rehearsal, but he's, his words were, something like the presence of God there. But that wasn't revealed to him by flesh and blood because he didn't know that language. So with that little connect, I don't know, a month, two months, it could have been two weeks for all I know, but to me it was an ancient of days, time. And every night I'd stay awake till I fell asleep because I couldn't sleep. I was tormented. You know that, like 10 past five, your body can't take anymore. I just, that was my life for the months. Preached, knew the, knew the, the presence of God in my preaching. and Anyway. girl in the church Claudia texted me one of the nights about 20 past 2 in the morning my phone went ding and I opened her up and it was Claudia she says no I get up in the middle of the night to pray because my kids are asleep my husband and I started praying and God gave me a picture of you thank God for the body of Christ but when you can't they can <laughs> when you have no strength someone else has strength when you can't hear God someone else is hearing God for you just thank God for the body of Christ and Claudia was praying. She said, she's seen a picture of me with my head and my hands, like looking for an answer, but you couldn't find it. No bloody answers. I should have told people, by the way. Just didn't I help? She said, oh, I just got a picture of you. And then I started praying in tongues. Thank God for tongues. Thank God for baptism of the Holy Spirit. And 
Boy, I start praying in tongues. She said, this is all whole language. She said, now start to pray deeper in tongues. And I don't know how you go from praying in tongues to deeper in tongues. I always imagine she was getting louder. She said, out of the inmost being, out of the deepest place of who she was, where the Holy Spirit and her spirit is made new. She said, Elva kept coming. Tell Noel, Kenny, I have Mark with me. Tell Noel, Kenny, I have Mark with me. Tell Noel. And I read this, and a wave of peace came from the bottom of the bed right up over me. I turned around and went to sleep. Out of that disaster, God showed me his mercy. It was a prism of diamond being released that needed to be, for me to get, I didn't need to even get it. I didn't know I needed to get it. But when something disastrous happened, God showed and used it in my life so that something, I wasn't just a lump of coal that got lucky under pressure, that the King of Glory used the pressure of this life and my own brother's decisions and all them things to use that to show me something of Him. And you know what? When people, when people don't, don't know, when people go, I don't know about my brother. I don't know where they are since they, when they died. I know one thing, that God is a merciful God, that even when we didn't deserve it, can you imagine a young man dying on the ground, his whole nervous system clamping down because of drug taking God reached in and took it he makes all things beautiful whatever is going wrong in our lives, whatever we whatever pressure you might feel under he'll turn it for the good in his glory believe me that's things that happen outwardly that we can't control but then there's times I've known God's pressure on my life. Paul, you can't keep that in your life. You can't say, think in that way and receive all that I have for you in the kingdom. So he brings a different type of pressure. <laughs> it's like relentless in his love to transform me into the image of his son. And you're going, will you get away with me? <laughs> will you leave me alone? I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to have to confront that attitude. I don't want to have to confront that pain, Lord. Will you leave me? He's like, son, I might have to send an irritant to form that pearl in you. And something comes, a dream, a person, a word. He's like, now it's an irritant. It's like, I'm going to let that great at you, son, until you come to me, because I love you. And he puts a fire underneath us. He's a consuming fire puts the fire underneath us to get the impurities up to the top. I love when people say, you know what, Noel, when we were talking to you today, something came up for me inside. I'm like, hallelujah. Because that means we're not staying the same we were last year. Because we're always being transformed to one degree of glory to the next. If there's something not shifting, being challenged, changed, loved into position in my life, I'm like, Lord, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. If it's not stuff of yesteryear, it could be just something from yesterday. <laughs> Someone new came into my life as an irritant. It's like, what's my response going to be? And he's always doing it, isn't he? He's always, like, he gives us rest, don't get me wrong. He gives us time to enjoy that other thing. And then he's like, now, son. Now, son, I'm, I've, you know what? I've been so dishonored in these last 10 years. You couldn't, you couldn't make it up. By people I've walked with, people I've prayed with, loved with, couldn't believe. And I was in a position, I'm talking about God putting the pressure on to change it into something that looks like his son. Someone. And he told me at times, I remember one time he says, I was reading the book of Hebrews, and he says, no, at that conference you're going to be dishonored. Okay, he fortifies your spirit, thank God. For his word. 
But then you have to deal with it emotionally, mentally. You know, the word has to come through all the, them things. And sure enough, sure enough, I remember my wife walking out of the conference going, don't even talk to me now, Gary. Walked out, not on me, but because what was not done. It wasn't because what was done, it was because what was not done. And I remember, I'm in a position. And this position was worth 150,000 euro to me. Well, to you, Everett. Like if I, if, I, if I blank them and go with this situation, there's an extra 150,000 euro in the kitty for me. And I'm like, it's a lot of money, Lord. And the Lord says to me, I want you to honor them by not taking this. I said to the Lord, they didn't honor me. I know. I said, they don't deserve my honor. The Lord says, no, you don't deserve my honor. Like this. A little chip off that old lump of diamond that I am, a diamond geezer. And the pretty Jesus shone through my life. And i tell you the beauty of it was later on. I was sharing this with a pastor friend of mine that I'm accountable to in the city. Peter Finch, if anyone knows. Oh, the, the struggle, the internal, like I'm telling it quick here, but there was all emotions and arguments and disagreements with, no, Lord. And Billy said that one thing to me. You don't deserve my love of this. He says, no, that was a test. I said, what do you mean that was a test? If I'd have known it was a test, I probably would have failed. But he says, that was a test. You show God your life is not about me. I'm like, did I pass that test? The bit of God shines true. Whatever you're going through, whatever pressure, whatever situation, whatever's been there, his promise is that he'll make it beautiful. He'll make it beautiful. And until it's beautiful, he's still working on it. So relax with yourself. Relax. Don't let any pressure be upon you to have to say things the right way or have to do things the right way. Until it's beautiful, He's still at work. He's still graceful. He's still merciful. He's still patient with you. He still knows how if you fall down ten times, he'll get you back up again because he's committed to you. He's committed to show you Jesus, this world. You are all looking up there. Oh, there you go. If it's not beautiful, then the Lord is still at work on it. See, we read this in the Bible, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's been a long time written and Jesus' day is not complete yet. So until he is here and we're with him, this work of God, and he is patient. And he says be confident in the New Testament and he shows us some of the processes of this in the Old Testament. Treasures in darkness, pearls, goals. It's how I work in you. So if you've been feeling some of that stuff, be encouraged. He's still working on you. He's not said, I can't do anything with that lump of diamond and the, the, it's irresist it's irresisting me. It's not letting me work on it. Be encouraged that you are still feeling that fire. You're still feeling that pressure, that you still know that God will work everything for the good and for and for his glory in your life. And that you're being shined like a diamond in the dark sky to this deprived, deprived world. That's where he says you're like you're you're like a star in the sky shining in this dark and depraved world so that they would know that there's that they can be treasured as well. Can we pray? Amen. All things work together.
for the good of those who love him and called according to his purposes. Jesus has always, it says in Revelations, that are burning with fire for you and me. And he wants the diamond that is this church, that is you as an individual, that is us collectively. He wants to reflect the way he looks at you. Reflect him. He wants us to reflect that to a dying world. And people, you don't, you know, a diamond doesn't have to announce itself when it's like, you know, when someone girl walks in to church and she's out getting a new diamond, she puts her hands in the air like she doesn't every other week when she's worshiping, but she does that week. <laughs> he liked it, so we put a ring on it, type of thing. That's the way he wants to show you off to this world, even in your brokenness, even when you are cut. Even when there was it was something sliced, even when it was painful, but you still knew you were in the master's hands. He'll make it beautiful in his time. Just keep believing. Keep trusting. And I pray in the name of Jesus. If you could put out your hand or your hands. I say, receive the grace of God that will bring you through and will keep you while you're waiting. And will lift you up when you don't feel he can go on anymore. That's what the grace of God is. His, it's his enablement in you to do the things that you couldn't do without it. I pray for peace in the waiting. Peace while he's making things beautiful. I pray over you the shalom of God. The reality and the truth is that he... The shalom brings completeness and wholeness and prosperity in every area of our lives. And I release that over you and in you in the name of Jesus. I say shine. Shine. Shine in the name of Jesus. God's people said. Amen. Sarah. Thank you. That was absolutely.